Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Know to Grow podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ivan Khan, and I'll be breaking down topics around education, growth, and culture with the intention to help your own growth journeys. Currently, I serve as a CEO as Constitorial, where our team collectively promotes knowledge, encouragement, and community. One of the unique privileges of my work is the opportunity to really discover the various challenges that people face within themselves, their families, and overall community systems. Today, I'm joined by Ifti Choudhury, founder of Royal Bengal Tea House, a community organization that brings together people from various backgrounds through music, art, film, poetry, and activism. Ifti, thank you so much, buddy. How are you doing with everything going on in quarantine? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Thank you for having me in this podcast. really appreciate it. It's such an honor to be here um, on this podcast. I'm doing good. I know you had to move around a little bit. The quarantine got you stuck out in the, in the countryside, so you got to take your talents out there. We got to some pictures. Um, that must have been a little scary, getting caught in like rural Pennsylvania and not having any idea. Take us through a little bit of that. Yes. So it was just a coincidence. I was, uh, I was planning, you know, they let me work from remotely. So I was like, you know, why not take this opportunity to visit a musician friend of mine who was also a very close like a family member. Um, and I went to visit him for just a week. And then, you know, they were like, if you shouldn't go back to New York City. And I was like, are you sure? And I was like, there were so many mixed messages coming from New York, coming from media, from the, you know, news organizations. I was so confused. And I was like, you know, well, it's not a bad place to be. I love the food. I love the people. There's music. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's always nice to be with family. So I decided to just stay there for three months. Fantastic. And can you share a little bit about uh, how life's been different? When you got back, I know that we've, we've gone into a more of a crisis mode with uh, racial justice. However, anything special about Pennsylvania you want to shout out as we continue back in this, uh, on this, uh, the streets of New York over here? For sure. Uh, I think one thing that really I really enjoyed in Pennsylvania was the nature surrounding me. There's so much more green, so much more uh, nature around there, birds, animals. Like, you know, I would, I used to, there was a nearby park where I used to go running every other day. There was a creek that flew, uh, like, you know, went by the, um, the park. And um, that was being close to nature completely changes your mentality. Like, you know, you feel so much more positive about life. Thank God. Thank God. I'm, I'm gl- grateful to hear that you got that experience out there. You and I um, have had uh, parallel pathways. We're the same age. And we've mm-hmm. gone through, uh, we've lived in similar cities at different times in our lives and the same, same times in our lives. So for a little context, we are the same age. And I used to live in Taka where if they grew up, we are from uh, rival slash neighborhood uh, friendly schools. <laughs> We're probably from the same neighborhood in Tanmundi and area, surrounding areas with probably a lot of the same friends at uh, La Bamba and uh, Hot Hut and all the good food spots yes. in Bangladesh from our day. So, <laughs> through your childhood a little bit, buddy. We're here for the Royal Bengal Tea House, but clearly it's rooted in your, your childhood and a lot of the experiences you had in Dhaka. I had some of those similar ones in New York, so take us through that a little bit. Sure. So um, I was actually born in Silet, which is a smaller city in the northeast part of Bangladesh. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then, you know, my family moved to Dhaka in the early 90s, and we were living in Dhanmundi, same neighborhood where you were living in as well. Uh, you remember Star Kebab on Unishtambar, right? It was on the 19th, 
right near uh, Abahani Mart, right around there. Uh, we were living, <laughs> and so you know, me and my cousins we were going to maybe. Um, and uh, but yeah, my childhood in you know in Silet was very different. Like you know, I think that's where I got my love for nature. There was so much more nature in Silet than in Dhaka. Of course, Dhaka is right. a larger city, a much more metropolitan, not, not as much nature. Um, but yeah, life in Silet was quite different from life in Dhaka. But I, I think I'm fortunate I got that exposure from both of those places because uh, I think uh, it really shaped me as a person. So I gotta ask. That sounds like you know three dialects. You know Sileti, Dhakaya, and English, and anything else you picked up along the way. <laughs> yes, yes. I, at home, we speak in Sileti. Yes. And it's so it's pretty cool. You are able to code switch and just drop whichever dialect depending on where you feel and and the mood you're in. Uh, what was um, any any other differences? But you know, one is very like rural and beautiful with uh filled with nature and and you know taka in the 90s became a lot more crowded with you know a lot more uh, smog and just mm -hmm. the the effects of industrialization so when you were making your move um tell us about your exposure to music uh how how was that different because you know a lot of this conversations around the music so the silet your exposure to music you're in silet versus your types of exposure to music in uh in taka Right. So, you know, growing up in Silet, uh, there was a practice of, you know, pursuing uh, music as a hobby on the side while you, you know, go to school. Uh, my parents would always encourage me to take, uh, you know, part in competitions, like poetry recitation competitions, the small town. So you, you know, uh, and when you, they would have uh, poetry competition for Equation February, you know, and they would, if you win the prize, like there were three prizes, like first prize, second prize, third prize. If you won one of those prizes, you'd get a book. Um, so there was this whole culture of like, you know, promoting, um, you know, cultural skills and learning how to sing and, you know, learning how to read poetry. So there was this culture in Silet at that time. In Dhaka, however, you know, um, when my family moved to Dhaka, we were teenagers and uh, we didn't have the luxury to put so, so much more uh, time or energy into music anymore. Uh, so, you know, Dhaka life in the 90s was mostly focused around studying, <laughs> getting your... Uh, O-levels, you know, A-levels, gonna go to U.S. Yeah. for your education. So you, you took yeah. your O-levels and you probably got a few extra classes in A-levels and now you're on a flight. Take us through what that was like, leaving Bangladesh, having grown up there for your first 18 years. It's your home country in two very separate areas, and suddenly you're coming out to the States. Where was your first stop? And take us through that a little bit. JFK International Airport. <laughs> Sorry. It was, uh, <laughs> it was not that bad at that time, actually. Um, but, you know, you're, you're, you're young. You're, you, you know, you don't care. Uh, you're going to a new country. There's sense of adventure, exploring so much, you know, new potential, right? I, um, I came to New York and then uh, took a Greyhound bus to Ithaca, New York, upstate New York. That was mm -hmm. my first college. And, uh, you know, at that time, I, w I was the first of all my cousins to actually come overseas for mm -hmm. a college degree. 
So I had to figure out a lot of things myself. And you know, what do you know when you're 17? You don't know much. Uh, yeah. You just follow your other friends who went ahead of you. So one of my friends from Maple Leaf actually went to Ithaca College and guided me a little bit. And um, I applied for a scholarship and I got a scholarship. So I was like, you know, why not? So Ithaca College, right? Small town, upstate New York, beautiful in the summer and fall, but winter is so cold and lonely. And it's my, my first year. So it was a, um, it was very difficult my first year in uh, in upstate New York, uh, and there was not much much of a community because you know there was not many South Asian people. It was a small town, so I decided to transfer to University of Buffalo, which is the larger larger you know um, state college. Good move. Sounds like a good move. How was that? <laughs> It was good. Um, so I also had some other high school friends over there from uh, from Bangladesh, and uh, there was a much larger student body, uh-huh. much more cultural activities. Um, that's when I really got involved in music. That's when I started my first band, Bangla Avenue. Yeah. Um, if you haven't out yet, definitely check it out. Uh, we have an album on Spotify, and um, you know that's where I met um, a, a lot of close friends. Mm-hmm. and started doing different, you know, intercultural events. Like, you know, the Indian Student Association would invite us to go perform at their annual concert or the Arab mm-hmm. Students Association would invite us to perform for them. So it became like a very interesting cultural community. That's so fantastic. I mean, what, uh, were you always a singer? I mean, wh- I mean, in the band, where were you contributing? Were you in the drums, the, the guitar? and I, was, long, I mean, it sounds like you folks were, you know, kind of blowing up. Like people were knowing that, hey, if you want a good cultural show, talk to this band. And you had different ethnic groups bringing you guys in and just growing uh, that culture. So what was your experience with the um, musically? Uh, musically, I was a singer. So I, I knew that, you know, I had kind of an um, inclination towards singing. Uh, when I was in Dhaka, but I didn't really get an opportunity to practice it. So when I came to Buffalo, New York, I was, you know, I had full freedom to really pursue music. And I started writing songs. One of my friends, my brother, uh, Gotham, was a friend from college who, whose house I was staying in at Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. He became like a mentor and we educated each other. We grew together uh, as friends and we started this band and we started collaborating with different musicians. So we were all learning about different, different music and especially different music from different parts of the world. Uh, one thing I'm really grateful for is that my, uh, my, my friends from the Arab community, they introduced me to so many amazing Arabic music uh, mm. from the Levant, from Egypt, from the Maghreb region. And uh, that was a beautiful learning experience to learn uh, music from those regions of the world. So it's, you know, it's, it's so nice to hear music and culture bringing folks both new to the region together and folks that had grown up here and never really had that type of the privilege of the exposure to our home culture. What were you thinking around graduation? I mean, you're done with college. It's approaching time. You're upstate. You know you're not going to, the show must go on. You can't stay up there, uh, you know, too long beyond graduation. So what were your next steps and how did you uh, balance, you know, how did you, you know, is that what you wanted to do or was that pressure from home or what were your next steps in your career? You know, when you come from a, you know, you come from a developing country and you come from a, um, you know, growing up in Bangladesh, we 
we didn't have a lot, but we had enough. And, you know, when I graduated, you know, obviously the thing was, okay, you know, now I've graduated, my parents have spent all this money, I have to, I have to earn money, I have to save money. So it was, the focus was more like, you know, how can I be employable? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this was like post 9-11, so, you know, it was a difficult job market. And uh, job so, market. yeah, definitely, definitely tough job market. You know, you've been living here. Yep. And um, so I think, you know, the focus was completely on, uh, on, on, on work and job and building a career. Music kind of, you know, was on hold at that time those, during those years. You must have missed it. I mean, here you are having a, it's, it's, it's common for us immigrants out here. Like, the, like when we grow up here, there's a lot of immigrants like myself and you're, and you're growing up, but you know, your roots Bangladeshi and you know, there's a lot of pressure for financial security because you're the reason that your parents made these sacrifices similar to you. And now here you are having to, you know, create financial security. You know, what field were you in? How are you still in? And is, you know, how do you balance your love for music with your day job? Let's, let's start that balance there. Um, so, you know, when it comes to balancing, um, I, I, I always loved technology and mm. I didn't really like finance. So my focus was more on information technology for financial institutions. Mm. And, uh, I think it's a good marriage because, you know, um, finance is interesting, but it's dry, but technology on the other hand, I find very, very interesting. Um, and, um, uh, when it comes to balancing between music and, and my career, um, I think, you know, it was always, I would look forward to coming home and just, you know, working on some music or listening to some good music. Uh, either it was on the drive home or just, you know, meeting up with some musician friends or, or poet friends and explore some poetry, like, I don't know, Persian poetry, for example. So you're coming back home, you're building your hobbies, you're growing your career, you know, you're growing in your organization and you know that there's a part of you that is, is you know, it's kind of maybe even a void or, or something you want to grow into. So what, what was the initial seed for Royal Bengal Tea House? And uh, did you imagine it to be where it is today? Um, so the seed, I think that's a very important question because the seed came when I was getting accustomed to the life in the U.S. Mm. As, a, as a young adult. When I first moved to the U.S., you know, I was not in New York City, not a multicultural mm-hmm. city like New York City. I was in upstate New York. Mm. And I, when I moved there, I realized that people don't know about my people. People don't know about the rich heritage that we have mm. in the Bengal region of South Asia. They don't know about the history of Bangladesh. Mm-hmm. They thought Bangladesh was a part of India, which I found mm-hmm. offensive because it divided the struggle of my people. My father fought in the liberation war of 1971. My grandfather was tortured by, you know, Pakistan mm-hmm. military. So I realized it's not their fault because, you know, nobody educated them about the people in my history. So I figured the best way to educate them is through maybe a cultural ambassadorship, you know, mm-hmm. and... That's when, um, you know, it took many years to get to the point where we have that, you know, it, it was kind of on my mind. Um, when we recorded the album in Bang- with Bangla Avenue, my band, 
we also had that in mind that you know okay how do we combine different styles different mm. um, genres of music from from the bengal region how do we fuse them with uh, genres in north america like you know latin or, or blues or jazz how do we do that how do we marry these elements and create this beautiful melange of of, of, of music and i think that seed still remains and you know when it comes to fruition with Royal Bengal Tea House is that we try to do the same thing. We try to bring in people from different parts of the world, mm. educate them about the rich culture and the rich heritage that we have, our struggles, because everybody has struggles. Everybody from the developing world have struggles. And to be able to relate to each other uh, at that level is, is just beautiful. Uh, one of our initiatives last year, for example, um, we are translating Bengali songs to Spanish for a Spanish-speaking audience. In New York City and other large cities around the world, you'll see Bengalis and Latinos living next to each other, yet knowing so little about each other's cultures and heritage. So we hope that, you know, with this initiative where we translate Bengali songs to Spanish, there will be more, more uh, close between the two different communities. I can't imagine uh, what you just, my mind just got blown right now because I grew up, you know, when I came from Bangladesh, and I moved to New York and it was 1987, 85, it was very mid to late 80s, rough time. Again, no um, other Bengalis in New York City. And everyone thought that, you know, you're Indian. And now to have this conversation with you thinking about translating directly from Bangla to Spanish, that's really um, inspiring for someone who grew up in a musical home the way I did. I, I got to ask you, did you ever do anything like organizing or cultural stuff in a formal sense in college? And, it, and even if you didn't, would you advise it to others? Because, you know, you are a leader in finance tech, and clearly there's so much of your passion is not only in your, in your work, but also your, your cultural um, building. Would you do your college pathway the same way or would you incorporate a little bit more formal music organizing or anything like that during your college for any of the younger people watching? I actually, I was, a, I was the vice president and later the president of the Bangladeshi Student Association in, mm. uh, in Buffalo, in the University of Buffalo. When I, when I went there, I realized that, you know, there's so much opportunity to create an organization. And once you have an organization, you know, there's so much you can do. You can raise funds, you can organize concerts. So I could not encourage people more. Mm. Go organize because the skills that you pick up as you organize and you navigate these challenges is, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's so valuable in real life. Um, you know, as you learn to diff learn different real life skills like negotiating, organizing, motivating people, these are important leadership skills that we use throughout our lives. I'm so glad we're wrapping up the education section on that because the next section is growth. And I really would love to, you know, continue hearing your words and your uh, advice that you have for younger people around uh, growth. And we'd love to hear about your vision around that, both professionally, personally, and everywhere else. So to all of our viewers and listeners, we'll be right back after our first break in the Royal Bengal Tea House episode with Ifti Chaudhary. We'll be right back.
are back to the Notre Girl podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ivan Khan. Episode 46, Royal Bengal Tea House with Ifti Chaudhary. Before we uh, start the growth section, Ifti, we were wrapping up the education section, and I know you have a few words of wisdom for youngsters uh, around that journey. Uh, please, any advice you have for all the uh, youngsters around that uh, journey as far as the early, uh, early journey in life? Thank you, Ivan. Uh, so I just wanted to say a few words um, to all the folks out there who are listening. Um, one proverb, or a Bengali proverb that I lived by throughout my education life was that Putigoto vidda, parahaste dhan, nohe vidda, nohe dhan, habi prajan. So it means that if your education is confined within your books, within the covers of your books, your education, your knowledge, just as good as wealth in somebody else's hands. Moral of the story is that don't just learn from books. Learn from each other. Learn from real life. Apply your knowledge every day. Have compassion. And most importantly, use your knowledge, use your education to improve the lives of others. I love it. I'm going to sit on that for a little bit as an as a educator. Let it download for everyone out there. On that note, how have you used that give back philosophy to pay it forward for your own personal growth? What does growth mean for you? Um, you know, whether it's, let's start with your young 20s. You're starting your young 20s. You're, you know, it's, it's a tough career market. You're, you're working um, the, the usual corporate, you know, hustle in America. And in the meantime, you're also growing as a young adult. So what are your, um, what, what's your definition of growth and how do you feel you experience that? Uh, to me, growth means progress, you know? Growth also means discomfort. Hmm. Because you can grow or progress without discomfort. If you want to grow as a person or as a collective, there will be discomfort. Personally, I don't, like, I don't like stagnation, you know. Uh, I enjoy change, whether it's visiting a new community or learning a new instrument. Uh, currently, I'm learning the dota, which is a, you know, four-string instrument from the Bengali, you know, from the Bengali region of South Asia. And it's difficult because I'm not a string instrumentalist, you know, but mm. I believe that this will really add another dimension to my music. My God. And when it comes to your career, um, you know, you and I are similar ages, mid thirties. So if, if you think about the last 10 years you spent since, you know, moving from a different country to growing up and spending your, you know, college years in upstate and then coming back to like more major cities, how would you describe your approach to growth outside of, uh, your, uh, outside of music? My growth outside of music, um, <clears throat> since my, you know, I had this inclination towards technology. I love technology. I love mm -hmm. science. And out of that love for technology and science, uh, you know, also, out of, also because of pragmatic reasons, you know, I, I pursued information technology because I could see the growth potential in information technology, career growth potential in information technology. It was not easy. I'm not a programmer. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, you know, as I grew as a professional, I realized that I have pretty good interpersonal skills. 
and you need good leadership and interpersonal skills in the IT field as well. So in the last 10 years, you know, I've really harnessed on those skills and um, I have learned to manage coders, manage testers, and manage different um, uh, technology subject matter experts uh, to build a team and to actually take that team to the finish line and develop sophisticated systems in the financial uh, industry and also with governments in Washington, D.C. Wow. So that's a lot of management of processes, initiatives, and most difficultly, egos and people. And it's, it's almost like your emotional intelligence is something where you really paid attention to help your growing and focusing on your own emotional intelligence strengths and building on those skills helped make your roadmap to where you are now, just a little bit more natural. Um, it sounds like your emotional intelligence is off the charts, bro. I, I love it. I love it. So <laughs> at what point, <laughs> no, I mean, when you talk to someone, you really understand, you know, you can understand what you're paying attention to and mm-hmm. the things that kind of make you inspired and move, move, move up. You mentioned Abu Hanimat and Star Kebab, bro. I mean, your walk to Maple Leaf was probably like two minutes. It's like right there, you know? <laughs> It, so I, I know Dhanmundi uh, areas and the blocks and all of it. So, um, you know, I just wanted to compliment you on, on that attention to emotional intelligence. Thank you. So let's fast forward a little bit to the subject matter. When was the first jam session, un, you know, and was it under Royal Bengal Tea House or was it just like a hangout that just kept happening and you, you started to want to figure out how to formalize it? I and mean, what were the early precursors to the Royal Bengal Tea House before it was the um, entity we know it as today? Great question. Um, so when I, when I moved to New York City from Washington, D.C., after many, many years, I didn't have a lot of friends left in the city. Uh, so I was like, you know what, let me just focus on what I love and, you know, what I really want to focus on. And um, I went to a vigil in, uh, in Washington Square Park. And I met some journalist friends who were of Iranian origin, but they had a connection with Bangladesh. The husband, who became a good friend of mine, had lived in Bangladesh. I was like, wow, mind blown, right? Uh, here's an Iranian couple, and the husband is, you know, grew up in Texas, but he has lived in Bangladesh, and he wow. can speak a few words of So I was like, wow, I got to make friends with these guys. So we became friends, and we later found out, you know, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's interesting because, you know, when you truly ask something from the universe, the universe provides. And I later find that, you know, these friends, these friends were actually neighbors. They were living in the same neighborhood uh, of Crown Heights, Brooklyn, as I was. So we started meeting up every week, you know, just over cha or tea. And we would just jam out, you know. And then they started bringing their friends. And uh, I made more friends. And it became a collective of musicians, activists, and uh, and, you know, filmmakers and journalists, and it was a beautiful collective. And, you know, we would meet, then we would just meet once a month, but everybody would look forward to it. We would drink tea, and it became like the Bengal Tea House. But then it was like, you know, I was like, okay, Bengal Tea House kind of sounds dry, you know, let's make it a little oh, more flashy. So we started calling it <laughs> the Royal Bengal Tea House. Oh, my God. That's incredible. I, can you please give me a calendar year? I'm just thinking about all of your experiences and clearly you had a, you know, a career in DC. So, you know, 
every you you've you've experienced every type of environment like from the college town to the, the political center of dc to coming back here and living in crown heights while being in you know financial technology so what calendar year are you guys starting these jam out sessions in crown heights brooklyn um so this was 2015 right this yeah. was um to, yeah we we i think we had our first jam session in september of 2014 oh wow it's been six years almost so this is that's right around when i uh moved to new york city from washington dc and that's when it started and then you know we moved around from borough to borough and starting last year we started doing it more regularly like at least once a month we would get together and had such an amazing response from the community because we don't have a location mm-hmm. and the reason that's intentional too like we didn't want to confine ourselves to one borough or one location because that uh, because of distance a lot of people from other boroughs wouldn't want to come to the borough we're in so we wrote we're we're like a, you know we're gypsies we move around from borough to borough making it more accessible for people to attend That's really cool. And I've seen pictures of the Hangouts in the last few years. It's been around for five to six years, as you mentioned. But are there any moments <clears throat> where you felt you got to kind of step outside of it and look back and you're like, oh my gosh, this thing that me, my buddy, and a few of my friends, this entire collective ended up creating, it's getting big. People know the brand before they even know me sometimes or they oh my god you're from that um brand so at what point did you start realizing that this thing is you know from anyone who doesn't know you almost bigger than the people that started it right absolutely i mean it's it's not just me i was so lucky to have volunteers friends who helped out host events and there are at least 30 of us who make these jam sessions happen every month. They spend their uh, you know, time and energy to make it more, more entertaining for the audience. And I'm very grateful for having such a great group of friends who helped me bring this to the table, you know, make it accessible to the audience of New York City. I love it. And any particular goals for the next one to two years? for the Bengal, Royal Bengal Tea House, for the whole team of volunteers and members. And do you guys, have you guys thought about that? And also, you know, on a serious note, a lot of the strategy is, is shifting with COVID and how we will continue. So uh, any, any insight into the vision for the next few years? Right, absolutely. So, you know, we all wanted to be a nonprofit organization and we, Ever since COVID-19 started, the pandemic started, we've been organizing virtual events and raising money from donations of the audience. And the good thing about having virtual jam sessions is that you can have audience from all over the world. We sometimes have 120, 130 people dialing in from different parts of the world to attend our jam sessions. Uh, and because of this virtual capacity we have developed, we were able to raise money for musicians in need. Some of musicians, performing artists, they have lost their business, their livelihood because of the pandemic. So we were able to raise money for them and distribute between them. We were also able to raise money and help out some nonprofit organizations in New York City who were helping uh, in the you know, fight for COVID-19. 
And recently, you know, ever since, I, you know, um, with, with the Black Lives Matter movement, we were also able to raise money for some nonprofits uh, supporting that initiative as well. Beautiful. It sounds like um, the growth that started a long time ago between its founding members and the, and the volunteers and everyone that's pitched in and, and the artists that's, that's made it grow, it's really surpassed the tipping point. And now it's just a matter of figuring out how close it's okay to be next to you physically, whether, you know, however long we have to continue the virtual world um, mm -hmm. versus the in-person world. But in, in the meantime, it doesn't sound like anything stopped. It sounds like the organizing and the social justice and social responsibility has only grown. Yep. Um, and yep, on that... Absolutely. And I uh, just, you know, just wanted to answer your question that in the next few years, I want to continue doing what we're doing as a, as a group, as a community with my friends and supporters. But I also want to produce, produce more music because we have access to so many amazing musicians, songwriters, poets, and it would be such a waste if we didn't bring them together and produce something material, uh, some material that's available on, you know, on, on uh, Spotify and Amazon. Um, and maybe, you know, we'll make some music videos and we'll sell t-shirts and from the proceeds could go into more social work. Can't wait to hear about it in the culture section. To all of our listeners and viewers, we will be back with my favorite section for the culture topic. And we will be going through our tastes in music and a lot more. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. And we're back uh, to the Notre Girl podcast, Royal Bengal Tea House with Ifti Choudhury. Before we left, Ifti was speaking about the growth goals of the Royal Bengali Tea House, the movement, the people, everything uh, in the next uh, couple of years as you know, they reach in year five and six. I do want to take, take this opportunity to go into a deeper dive into the culture section. You are a musician. You are an organizer, a, a community builder, a cultural um, mediator, and also producer. So I got to go into one of my favorite topics of music. Um, you know, through your first 10 years, name some of your best, biggest uh, musical in influences uh, during your time in Sealit. And we're going to go every single place that you lived, and we're going to just one or two. One uh, Bengali, one Western. Like, yeah, when I was in Sealet, I was listening to all this. And we'll go to Taco. We'll go to all your stops. So we'll see how. Oh uh, have some fun. Are you sure? Because this would be an episode on its own. You got. You can get, <laughs> but yeah, you're limited to one answer. You can't go on because I know you. You got an encyclopedia <laughs> of music. So Sealet will take us through our time in the '80s. Um, any Bangla music and any Western music uh, or artists that were inspiring? Uh, at that time, you know, that... Are you there? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yep, sorry, I, I thought I heard something. Um, no, in, in Select, you know, we were 
uh, at that time, um, band music was becoming like a big thing. And at that time, feedback, there was a band called Feedback. Of course, um, bro. Based out of yeah, Feedback was my like favorite, favorite band. Malai Zaire, bro. Yeah, Malai Zaire. <laughs> they had Malai Zaire, they had Moshumi part one and part two. Moshumi, they were like, I think, three parts? Three different. Part two, yep, yep. Big, I think yo, was it the part. same Moshimi or was it different Moshimis? So that, that's another question because he had a, so many songs with the same name. Um, and give me a Western influence um, during your youth before moving to Dhaka. Oh man, Western influence. You know, we didn't, I didn't get exposed to so much Western music until I came to Dhaka. When I came to Dhaka, uh what new became, market the new market tape yes, stores new market you know you go to new market and you go to elephant road and you get these tapes copied right oh, and you, they it. have this catalog i don't know you, did you know about of this of course of course i mean because i moved in 92 so i grew up here okay, listening okay. to like mc hammer vanilla ice and just like like all this hip-hop and urban culture but when i went back they were like strong on michael jackson dangerous and we had just gotten out of it here. So it was like, oh my God, they love MJ here too. So I got mm -hmm. all the Madonna tapes, Paula Abdul, Michael Jackson, mm -hmm. and of course, Bangalis love Brian Adams. Bangalis yes. love Richard Marks. So Richard all, Marks. <laughs> all my older cousins, they put us, they taught me about Brian Adams, Richard Marks, and uh, whoever you got to include in there's Michael there's Bolton, Michael Bolton. You had Sting and you too. Everyone loves Sting. Yeah, Sting, you too. Uh, Guns and Roses and Nirvana were big I mean, later, mm -hmm. I guess. Nirvana became big later. Uh, but I, I think, you know, when I was in Dhaka, I was really into some other international musicians and bands. Like, uh, have you heard of Michael Learns to Rock? No, where are they from? I think they're from. I think they're from one of the Nordic countries or Australia. I can't remember. But then there was Rocks. Rocks. I think Rockset is from Sweden. And then uh, who else? Uh, I think you have mentioned uh, Brian Adams, um, Richard Marks, uh, Duran Duran. Oh, Duran Duran. Oh, favorite. Duran Duran. We have Duran Duran. Depeche Mode. We have a lot of that in the house here. My wife is a big Cure yes. fan. So she's Bangali from like Jamaica, Queens. Uh -huh. And she's from like Fanny and uh, her, her parents originally, you know. So her stuff was Cure and rock music and a lot of that. Mm -hmm. And we still play a lot of that here. Um, mm -hmm. As you know, like, so I got I to gotta ask, how do you hope mm -hmm. the Royal Bengal Tea House's cultural impact continues to reach non-South Asian? It's, it's clearly grown well beyond a South Asian audience. It's well beyond a Bengali audience. It, it never was a specifically Bengali audience. It's just kind of the backdrop of it. So what message do you want to share with non-South Asian um, members that are growing into the Royal Bengal Tea House Legion? Uh, good question. Before I answer that question, Yvonne, can I switch my headset? Yeah, it's running yeah. out of battery. No, you're fine. We can hear you fine. Sorry. You're fine. All right. Can you hear me? Uh, we can hear you well. Okay. Okay. Great. Sorry for, sorry for the interruption. It was just... No, you're, you're good. We got, we got editing power, so we'll either keep it in for the bloopers or we'll edit it out to keep it super professional. <laughs> but either way... 
We're, it's, it's informal here in the Notre Girl podcast. We just like to goof around. And, and I got some questions about the beverages after this. So go ahead. <laughs> okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, could you repeat your question? I wanted to say like, uh, okay, I'm going to actually save that question for the end. The tea house, is it all Bangla tea? Is it Indian tea? Is it all types of teas? Is it Turkish tea? Or is it like coffee or a lot of stuff? Like, tell me. You know, we started with traditional Bengali tea and Iranian tea. Iranian tea is very different from how we Bengalis drink our tea, you know? And mm -hmm. they, so the, right off the bat, you know, we had some diversity going on and we had some competition going on. Whose tea is better, mm -hmm. right? And um, so I think the competition, even after all these years, continues now that we have different types of teas, we have different types of beverages, you know, competing against the Bengali, the Royal Bengal tea. Uh, but I think we have also evolved um, to include more snacks, like, you know, street food snacks. Like, you know, we also introduced Chalmuri a couple of years ago. Mm. We introduced Puchka. So, you know, as Bengalis, if you're just going to have tea, you can't just have tea. You got to have something along with the tea. Right? So, so we, we exactly we like this good fish good and, uh, and muri turi biscuit, biscuit. exactly <laughs> muri turi. so um so yeah i mean you know we have all kinds of tea we, we got coffee we got espresso and you know um if somebody wants to drink any wine or beer that's also okay so yeah all kinds of drinks so does is there any usual flow to the music like does it start off serious and then kind of go and then ends off in the folk songs like a, a like a like a bengali hangout or is it like anything and everything in and out like what can we expect when we when we uh reconnect uh for the next jam session you know when you organize events especially a cultural event surrounding music and art you can't focus on all of that you have to focus on the emotional part of it you have to focus on the theme that's what I try to do. I try to focus on the theme of the event. Every event is unique and every event has a theme. For example, last event that we had was a dance featured, a dance focused jam session. The reason I wanted to do that is because I realized a lot of performing artists who are dancers have also lost business. And there's a diverse group of dancers that we are friends with and I wanted to help them. So what we did was like, you know, we designed the entire program surrounded, surrounding different dance forms. There was Kathak, there was Bollywack, uh, there, uh, um, there was Flamenco, there was Odyssey, there was different dance forms from different parts of the world. And of course we had music in between. So to answer your question, you know, uh, every music is based on a theme. I mean, every event is based on theme. Sounds like, uh, sounds very inclusive. And uh, another aspect of music that you, you touched upon, you can't follow a script. You can't follow an agenda with something like that's some of the soul from the heart. So oftentimes it sounds like you're catching like the next beat or the next moment or the next feeling. Uh, as we wrap up today's discussion, we'd really love to collaborate with you guys more in the future and hopefully um, maybe, you know, do some uh, recording, like a quick, quick clips from the jam session and get a chance to say hi to all the other artists. I, I know things like COVID has us all in a, in a quarantine mode. And as uh, we as a society, you know, get through this together, anything you're looking forward to for... Um, Royal Bengal Tea House uh, as, as we get through some of these social causes and health crises together. 
Definitely, definitely. Uh, we haven't we haven't decided what our next jam session is going to be or when it's going to be, but as it materializes, we'll definitely send you an invite and love to have you at the show. I can't wait. As you know, I got two kids at home, and they're a little too young for me to drag them out there. And I don't think uh, I like. I don't know if if the audience like my my kids would go crazy. They would go bug out. They love music and stuff like that. I don't know if the grown ups would be able to keep up with them, but. Um, <laughs> I've, I've watched your work grow, um, your whole team and everything that you all stand for continue to grow and evolve as you take on, you know, so many serious challenges for folks of color, minorities, allies, all, and the alike. So I can't wait to see it continue to flourish. Um, I can't wait to try some of the team and, and uh, be there in person, virtually, and definitely help support a lot of the fantastic causes. Um, I've learned a lot from just this conversation and I really, really hope that our audience members have been able to, you know, pick up a lot of these um, nuances in our conversation. Uh, I think there was a lot of unique roads that your journey took and we're all lucky for it. Uh, thanks to everything you've created. Where can we find you? Any final words for our audience members of the Notagro podcast, if they Sure. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook uh, as Royal Bengal Tea House. And you can also find me. My handle is Iftification. Um, one last word. Um, I would like to quote Nikola Tesla. Um, Nikola Tesla said, if you want to find the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. Music is all about energy, frequency, and vibration. And uh, music with a group of enlightened individuals is what we shoot for. And we invite everybody else to come join us virtually, wherever you are, and uh, look out for the next event. Energy, frequency, vibration. Uh, that's an amazing quote by Nikola Tesla. And hopefully we'll be diving that into that much more in, in future conversations. To all of our listeners, um, it's been a pleasure having you all and viewers, uh, please go check out Royal Bengal Tea House and their platforms. Go check out Ifti and all of his uh, fantastic members for all of their incredible work. And until next time, this has been the Notagro Podcast. Always remember to pay it forward, folks. Pay it forward. Until next time. Until next time. I'm going to.